Reach for the sky, boy. Everybody and welcome to another episode of the Still Time, the AFTN Soccer Show, broadcasting on CITR Radio 101.9 FM from the unceded Musqueam Territory at the University of Beautiful, British Columbia. I'm Michael McCall, and I'm Zachary Adam Eisenhammer. And happy Lunar New Year, everybody! It's the year of the rabbit. If only somebody had told FC Edmonton that. Oh. They went too soon. They oh, could have exploited no. this. Oh, Michael. Yeah, that is, yeah. Uh, it's it. it, it's so disappointing. It is. We, we will have our extra podcast out. We've got another extra podcast that's just come out uh, on the whole US national team drama. And I've got a nice wavelength song to tie in with that at the end of the show as well. Um, so yeah, our next one will be on that FC Edmonton situation. We've got a fun show for you this evening, and after last week where there wasn't much Whitecaps talk, it's all pretty much Whitecaps uh, in this show. I've got a couple of sit-down interviews I had with draft pick Jean-Claude Gando, and last year's draft pick, Simon Betcher, who has his MLS deal now, will hear a lot from Vanny Sartini as he chats about the time in Spain and some of the other issues and rumours around the team just now and we'll delve into all of that as well first off though i want to start off with a a couple of just sad things i just wanted to make mention of and it kind of feels that the last month all we've done is pay tribute to people that have passed away terry hall is our artist of the month he passed away just before christmas and we've spoke about pelly and Gianluca viale and i just want to touch on two people that sadly passed away in accidents this past week. One is football-related, one is wrestling-related. Sadly, we couldn't get Steve. He's had some computer issues. I know he was really wanting to talk about this, but uh, a wrestler, and I know Zach doesn't know much about wrestling, but Jay Briscoe passed away this week. A very talented indie wrestler for pretty much all, all his career. Died in a car crash on Tuesday night aged just 38, real name, Jamin Pugh, dying uh, just a week before his 39th birthday and the day before his brother and tag team partner, Mark Briscoe, uh, as well. It was his birthday. Uh, just an absolutely horrible situation. He was taking his two daughters to cheerleading practice when a car just veered into the other side of, of the road, head-on collision, 
killed him, the driver of the car, his two daughters, very seriously ill in hospital, they've needed surgery, uh, facing paralysis, possibly one of them as well. It's, it's just absolutely heartbreaking. And there is a Go Fund Me type campaign, which if anyone is a wrestling fan and wants to donate to that, it's already raised over 200,000. But 38 years old, he wrestled in Ring of Honor, Impact, GCW, New Japan, many more. Probably the greatest Ring of Honor wrestler of all time. 13 times world tag team champion, two-time world champion as a solo performer, an absolute legend in the industry. And it, it was just sad. I know, I know you're not a wrestling fan, Zach. I don't know if you even saw this story or not, but it's just heartbreaking stuff. No, I just saw you and Steve talking about Can I ask you one question about all this? Sure. What's this deal with Warner Brothers not allowing a tribute or something? Yeah. So, AEW on... Wednesday night. So he signed officially for Ring of Honor, but AEW had bought Ring of Honor, so it's basically the same company. But Warner Brothers Discovery won't or wouldn't let the Briscoes appear on AEW television because back in, I think, 11 years ago, 9 or 11 years ago, Jay Briscoe tweeted out something saying that he didn't want his kids taught about gay marriage in school and if anyone tried to teach his kids that he would shoot them so it got a lot of outrage um he apologized and like to his immense credit he spent the next while educating himself about lgbtq plus stuff and finding out about it and learning about it there's gay wrestlers that have spoken out after his death about how much he embraced them and how he was a mm. changed person. And many folk understand that he said that. It was a stupid thing to say. He was wrong and he's moved on. Mm-hmm. And he's learned and he's educated and he's not that person anymore. And, I mean, I don't need to tell you this as a man of God. Like, forgiveness. It's like second chances. It's like, for some reason, Warner Brothers, though, were like, nope. We're just not letting them on TV because they feared the backlash yeah. that would affect advertising. Yeah. So, so in, in essence, he sort of even after he was passed away, he was like yep. cancelled. Basically, sort of, yeah. Because yeah, okay. the thing is, a lot of the work that he did, it's come out. He did like privately, so he wasn't one of those folk that go into yeah. a public thing because you know yeah. that that's for show. The fact that he did this privately and no one knew that he went and did all this stuff kind of shows that he genuinely meant it and wanted it to change. And AEW planned this tribute. They usually do a 10-bell salute and they weren't allowed to do any of that. And I just think that's absolutely scandalous. Mm. It's just disgusting. A guy died in heartbreaking circumstances. His daughter's fighting for their, their life and their future and they blocked it. AW have done a special tribute show. It's going to be on YouTube and stuff, but uh, it, w- it was heartbreaking and it was weird because like he was he was my favorite. The Briscoes were my favorites from Ring of Honor. I got into Ring of Honor quite late in the day and I loved them right away. And Tuesday night I had, didn't have a good sleep, and every time I woke up, I just kept thinking about him and his daughters and mm-hmm. just how in a, an instant your whole life can change and. That kind of comes to the, the second tribute we want to pay as well. The footballer, Anton mm-hmm. Walks, died aged just 25 on Thursday. 
the day after being involved in a, a boating accident. Talented defender, started his youth career at Spurs, played in the League Cup for them, captained their youth side in the UEFA Youth Cup, spent four seasons in MLS, three with Atlanta United in 2017, 2020 and 2021, went back to England and played for Portsmouth in between that for two seasons. Made 79 appearances for Atlanta across all competitions, scoring four goals, two assists. Then the Englishman was picked second by Charlotte in the 2021 expansion draft, going on to make 24 appearances for them in their inaugural season. They were at training camp in Florida. It was a day off and Anton Walks was out in a boat. It was another head-on collision. Um, And he was pronounced dead in hospital. Charlotte's going to be having a celebration of life on Tuesday for him at the Bank of America Stadium. And it's just an absolutely another just heartbreaking story. Yeah, so tragic. And I'm sorry to, to start the the show on, on such a downer. I just didn't want to bury these at the end. I just wanted to get our tributes out to, to both of those guys. Our thoughts are obviously with the family and the, the friends of Jay Briscoe and uh, of Anton Walks and everyone that knew them and loved them. Mm-hmm. So, obviously, no easy way to transition from that. But let, let's just raise it. Let's have a little bit of fun now and then we'll get into the football chat. It's time for Hot Chocolate Boy. Hot chocolate boy, he's never had one. Hot chocolate bad one. Hot chocolate boy. Yes, I've started a new segment, Zach. It's only going to last a month, like so many of my new segments do. I get an idea, ask a couple of players some questions, and then never revisit it again. We never did go back to that whole toast thing that I was doing. Oh, that was a good one. Yeah, I will, I will get back to that at some point. I also have one about baked potatoes that we'll, we'll save for later. That sounds delicious. I love oh, baked I love potatoes. a baked potato, yeah. So Hot Chocolate Boy, it's because the Vancouver, the 13th Vancouver Hot Chocolate Festival is continuing. And I went to my second visit. We were going to do more than one a week. And then I thought better of it for my health. Well, okay, because I, I, I'm pretty sure you said your list your, or Caitlin's list included there was 29, 29. venues. <laughs> there was 29. But we've done two now. I'm going to be doing a third one on Wednesday after Whitecaps training. Um, but yeah, so we've just done one this week because, yeah, health. Also, they're very expensive. They're, they all range from like 10 to is, 12, is $13. Much, is this too much sugar for you or what? Yeah. Trying to cut down on all the sugary stuff that I have because obviously I do have a very, very horrible diet. But what we did is we went to the Pie Hall in Burnaby. So on 6th Street in Burnaby. And they've got three drinks that's going to be part of the Hot Chocolate Festival. They've got two just now, another one that comes on the, the start of February. So if I tell you the name of the first one, you'll maybe understand why we're only having one a week. It's called the Fat Elvis Hot Chocolate. <laughs> and that was the one that Caitlin went for. And I, I don't want her dying on the toilet. So... That's why we're just having one a week. So I picked my moment before you were drinking before I said that. So the Fat Elvis Hot Chocolate, it's made with Cocoa Berry 65% Enea Dark Chocolate, house-made peanut butter banana syrup, fresh peanut butter whipped cream. Wow. And it is paired with a pecan peanut butter 
banana and chocolate mini pie. That sounds delicious. It it was very sickly, but it was delicious. I had a little bit of Caitlin's. I, I'm not a big. I'm not a huge fan of the dark chocolate, but that still sounds delicious. See, I find dark chocolate, hot chocolate, a lot less sickly than mm. than the milk chocolate one. The, I, I mean, both both of these were great. They still don't beat Shea Kristoff and Burnaby that we had last week. I still highly recommend that. That's my number one. I mm. had the Triple D Raspberry Cream. I'm a big fan of Triple D at the best of times, as you know, Zach. And that is made with Calibo white chocolate, cream cheese for added richness, and a tart raspberry coulee topped with pie crumbs and pie crust. Oh, wow. And it is paired with a delicious raspberry pie. Wow. Yeah. They were like, I think, 10 bucks each. With the pie, though? Yeah. Well, that's not bad. And I would say they were probably in 12-ounce mugs as well. So, yeah, highly recommend that. That is Hot Chocolate Boy's recommendation for this week. If you've been out at the Hot Chocolate Festival, let us know. We'll have another recommendation in next week's show. Every girl yelling, wanting him to be the terror. Hot Chocolate Boy, he's a sensation. Hot Chocolate Nation, Hot Chocolate Boy. So let's finally get into the, the football chat now as my dog falls asleep and starts snoring beside me. So that can only mean one thing. It's time to talk white caps. Yes, the white caps rain in Spain fell mainly on the plane, but it's over. They flew back to Vancouver on Sunday. They had to leave the hotel at 3 a.m. to start their, their journey. That's horrendous, especially when you've been playing a game the day before. Yeah, that sounds like a sounds like one of their, you know, a flight got cancelled. <laughs> well, they're, they're going, they, so well, they've got to get from Marbella to Malaga and then fly from Malaga and then check in, of course, before all that as well. So, yeah, very, very early start for the team. They'll be back in Vancouver on the training pitch on Wednesday. They're getting a couple of days off to meet their family, rest, relax, take the dogs out, go to the hot chocolate festival, whatever they want to do (laughs) as as healthy athletes like ourselves. But the Whitecaps did get their first two pre-season games of the year under their belt this week. Two defeats, but not to be expected, uh, or not to be unexpected, uh, I think, Zach, because... They were playing teams that are midway through their their seasons. And yes, they might be on a winter break, but they're still at a way different level to what the Whitecaps have been. 2-0 loss to Hamburg on Wednesday, and then a 2-1 loss to Wolfsburg, the Austrian Bundesliga team, on Saturday. Hamburg, of course, Bundesliga 2. Christian Dahomey getting the only goal of those two games. And it was good tests for them, Zach. The full game of the Hamburg game was streamed by Hamburg on YouTube. And it was a great one as well. And then we both watched the highlights of the Wolfsburg game today yeah. as well. Was the Wolfsburg game, was that, uh, was that game on, uh, live anywhere? No, um, okay. it, it wasn't streamed. The, the Hamburg thing, Hamburg had just uh, arranged that. Like, speaking to the, the Caps about that, nothing's guaranteed obviously but they've really enjoyed their time in Spain and they might look to go back back, there next year 
yeah. they've learned a lot from being there as well, just the hotels and the facilities, and they really liked what was done with the streaming and the fact there's all these other teams there as well so they can get lots of action if they want. So they do hope to maybe go back there next year and maybe look at streaming the stuff because that Hamburg thing was pretty good production. Yeah. You can choose between one and three cameras with the company and stuff. And it was nice to see a pre-season friendly right, stream yeah. like that. I uh, woke up early that day um, to watch the game live. And it was, yeah, it was it was fun. It was all German commentating, right? If, right? Yeah. yeah, which was also fun. Mm. Uh, <laughs> um, Such a beautiful language. <laughs> Just rolls off the tongue, right? It Michael? does. Um, no, I, I thought it was. Uh, I, I, I kind of it was kind of what I expected. You know, you you have a a Hamburg side that you know they're getting ready to go back to the Bundesliga. Yeah, they've been off for. 60 sorry Bundesliga 2 they've been off for 60 plus days ish uh, so like two months um but yeah they and but they're they play is it this week no next weekend I think is their first uh I can't remember is this weekend or next week is their first real um competitive match uh, the, the Hamburg coaching staff as well said to Vani after the game that they were very impressed by the oh, shape yeah. that the Whitecaps were in because they said, we're three weeks further along than you guys and you yeah. really give us a good test. Exactly. That's what I mean. Like they, they were they were much closer to playing a competitive game. Therefore, they were, you know, in, in much, much better shape. But yeah, I thought the Whitecaps, you know, I, I feel like they probably could have or should have created more, more chances going forward. But mm. all in all... Uh, yeah, I think you know, Vanny thinks that too. It's like that creativity and the link-up yeah, is certainly yeah. something they need to work on. I mean, the Wolfsburg game was a very interesting one because they took the lead in that and then they let the two goals up in the second half, but that was after they changed the whole team and it was all the young guys that came on and the trialists and the call-ups from WFC too. Yeah, I mean, it, it was a great goal. Like, it was a nice team goal. Oh, Ali Ahmed, some great play. He's looked good in these two games. He's one of the guys I know. Like He's not just got this deal to make up the numbers. They see him as an MLS starter, but great play from him, the cutback, and really nice to see the homie score. Playing up front. Centrally. Yeah, in a, an attacking <laughs> role. So it was it was a great great build up to the goal. Rusty to Ahmed, then Ahmed with a give and go to Ryan Gold, uh, and then like you said, really good service and and uh, Dahomey in a spot. Uh, he'll probably want to find himself a lot in this year in the, in the box to, yeah. to to finish things off. But I think I think that's that's the kind of play I think Vanny wants to see from his from his side going going forward. Um, you're right. Obviously, lots of changes. One thing, one question I have for you because I haven't been on social media like at all today. Did what was up? With, what was up with No Hassal? Oh, they just wanted to rest them and give the other two keepers the the chance okay. to play a half so each. You got to feel bad for Max in that second half. That first goal, yeah, did not uh, look good. And then no. there's that one other highlight where he also did not look great. Um, where he but was charged out. Nothing he could do about that free kick. That was a stunner. The second, no, no, the yeah, no, no. The second, but yeah, goal, that, no, yeah, that the first goal. There's a few people defensively. I don't think cover themselves in glory with that. No, but he's high up on the list. And that, but the, there's not the second goal. But there's another highlight in that second half where he comes. He's like charging out and doesn't win the ball, and the guy goes. Anyway, they have a chance. Oh and, yeah, uh, and it goes over. 
Yeah, Ty's yeah. strike partner there, uh, Maurice something or other. I think he, yeah, that was an awful, shot, an awful shot when he had like an open goal. Well, Vanny spoke to media after the two games. So what I've done, uh, the questions that I asked him, I've kind of amalgamated them uh, just from Wednesday and Saturday, just talking about the time in Spain, what they've learned from this trip and just what they're going to take forward to work on now when they get back to Vancouver. Here's the gaffer. The, the whole camp so far in Spain... How have, how have you found the environment? It's obviously very different to what you had last season and previous seasons as well. And I, I know that you are looking to have more tests, which these two games will do. But just the whole environment, getting into that heat, how have you found everything? And are you dreading coming back to the non-stop rain now? No, actually not. We are, uh, the only thing... Uh, that I miss, I'm going to be romantic. I miss my wife, but it's okay. And my cats. And, uh, but uh, no, the setup is fantastic. We, we're really liking it. We're really loving here. The, again, as I said before, not only the structure, the hotel, but also the fact that we are uh, surrounded by European teams. We are in the same hotel at uh, Red Bull Salzburg. We were with Stuttgart. Today we play with Hamburg. So there's, uh, I would say, this international feeling, uh, this uh, uh, willing from the boys to also be proud of the fact that uh, not too many people uh, know about MLS, but we want to show that we are um, a real good team. And uh, I was very happy at the end of the season, at the end of the game today, when Hamburg staff say, "Hey, it's just your first game. You guys are, you guys look very good for a for a first game. We are three weeks more than you in the in the preparation, and and we played an even game. So I think that all these things contributes to having the right environment, and uh, I would say prepare ourselves uh, very good for this first trip, and then get into the second trip where we're gonna." face MLS opponents in uh, Palm Springs and where we are really looking for the intensity and also try to play games in a way that is going to be very resembling what is going to happen in the season. I might have completely missed this from your Instagrams and stuff. I only thought you had Frida, so you've got more than one cat. I We got a new cat uh, uh, New Year's Eve. Now we have Frida and Pablo. So, you know, that's the thing. Fantastic. <laughs> Uh, so that's the, the second game under your belt. We've obviously not seen anything from it yet, but from reading stuff uh, on Twitter and watching the, the little things that Sarit and folk put up, looked like a very good outing for, for your side. What what are you taking away from this whole trip and these two games? Yeah, that uh, we... We actually, I think we are on the right path because, you know, while every every day we've seen improvement, today was the second game we see a real improvement, especially in the first in the first half. We we played really well. I don't know if you guys had the possibility to see the game or watch the game or not, but you know, it was very good. Uh I'm happy that uh, we gave the chance in the second half to if I'm not mistaken, ten guys. From the second team and the and guys on trial uh, to 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 play, uh, so we knew that it could have been harder for them uh, against that first division team from Austria that played 
basically no change in between the first and the second half. So uh, I'm I'm really satisfied. I'm happy. I'm happy with the performance. Good to see Christian Dahomey get on the the score sheet today. What are you expecting from from Dajo this season? Obviously, last year didn't go the way I'm sure club or player had hoped it was going to be for him. But back playing up front today with Brian being out and getting that goal is that where you see him? Kind of that main striker's role, or at least on the wing or something? I know you don't like wingers, but yeah, one of the three guys up top, the two number tens or the number nine, Dajo would play in this position. I think we. We saw last year that uh, uh, as a wingback or as a pure wide player, he can be on and off. While when he's uh, when he plays up top, uh, he he can be more consistent, and that's what we look this season: consistency. We have a lot of, uh, I would say, uh, competition because at the moment we are five guys. Is six, if we include in Simon Batcher, there's a young guy that is actually doing well in, in camp. And uh, we maybe we'll sign another guy. So uh, that's that. I'm giving you also something about the transfer market. And uh, uh, so there's a lot of competition, but it's good. Uh, everyone is taking the competition in the right way. And Daho, I can I I can tell you that he arrived in this preseason in a much better condition than he arrived in the last preseason. It's good to hear. So heading back to Vancouver now, then heading off to Palm Springs. What do you feel? you're still needing to to really work on as a group from what you've seen for these 12 days now going forward, what are you still wanting to to get up to levels that maybe aren't quite there yet? We're working well. I think what we need to work now is to uh, do the thing that we are doing in more than 45 minutes. For the players now, they, they play no more longer than 45, so from when we arrive in Palm Springs, we'll rotate the players in different games, but try to keep the same team for maybe 60, 65, 70, even 90 minutes. And uh, in order to understand which are the players that are readier to start the season in the in the starting 11. So keep working on uh, both the phases of the game. Uh, I would say I'm very pleased on how we are doing the defensive part of the game so far. And uh, pro- probably if we have to get up a little it's more on uh, on i would say the when we have the ball the gaffer vanny sartini there just talking about the time in spain and yeah, feels that they, they need to just work a little bit more in this build-up. And I think that's that's very clear. But they're still finding their feet. There's still a lot of pre-season to go. They've got these six good tests now down in Palm Springs as well. We talked about streaming earlier. No decision made yet as to, to what's happening with the streaming. I believe there is going to be streaming. But I think they're still sorting out exactly what that's going to be and what that's going to look like. So, I mean... Hopefully we'll get to see all the games. One other question: You answered the Hassal resting was because Brian White also didn't play, right? Oh, but Brian has a calf contusion. Okay, so Bruce we'll, we'll talk chat. about that. Uh, right, we'll talk about it later. Later okay. on, when we start looking at the forest, but yeah, that not great, but yeah. yeah. But that that was a little bit about the games in Spain. 
Um, there's been a few other big talking points around the Whitecaps this week, and we'll be back chatting about some of those after this. Hi, I'm Ryan Gold, and you're listening to the AFTN Soccer Show. Welcome back to the AFTN Soccer Show on CITR Radio 101.9 FM. And kicking off this part, it's our Artist of the Month here at AFTN for the month of January, our tribute to Terry Hall that sadly passed away just before Christmas, lead singer of the specials, and that was their biggest hit, Ghost Town, released in June 1981, spent three weeks at number one in the UK charts, a song about unemployment the devastation of UK towns and cities due to urban decay, inner-city violence. You know, we love to raise the mood here at AFTN, Zach, with these upbeat songs that, that we play. Classic, Michael. It's such an iconic start to a song as well. As and Anyway, let's get back to the football chat now, and we're going to talk some white cap rumours. They continue to swirl. And we'll, we'll address some of them after we hear some words... From Vanni Sartini, talking about Salif Sani and Ty Baribo. Two players we've spoken a lot about in the last couple of shows. May or may not be Whitecaps players in the end. Here's the gaffer again. Salif Sani, uh, yep. he's been training with you guys. What have you seen from him uh, in terms of a, a defensive profile that might differ from uh, the players you already have? So Salif... Uh doesn't need, like, say, introduction. He's a, he's a very good player. He's a very, very good player. So we see that uh, his defensive positioning, his the capacity of playing on, uh, defending on uh, high balls, heading, it's it's really good. Uh, we don't have to forget that he's a player that he didn't play a minute of soccer. He didn't do anything for the last 18 months. So uh, after very heavy session, the first four or five session. He is kind of uh, uh, he needed a, a day of rest today. Uh, he we hope that it's gonna be okay to play at least a little bit of the game uh, Saturday, 
and uh, we will decide then uh, accordingly to what we see uh, in terms of his his big big main question is his uh, capacity, his ability, or I would say, is the possibility for him to to still play uh, consistently without hurting his knee and being physically okay. So we'll have an honest discussion with him and with our performance staff at the end. And uh, we'll go from there. But uh, in terms of his quality, I think it's uh, undisputable that he's a very good player. Just wanted to ask you a couple of things about uh, Salif as well. I mean, we all know what a good player he is. And is, is this a player that if you do feel that he can go, and obviously this question's not playing on a grass pitch, playing on a, an artificial surface, how that would maybe trigger the injury. But if he's a guy that you feel could go, Axel talked a little bit to, to Gemma about it's kind of a win-win situation. He gets a look at how he is, you get a look at him. Is he a kind of guy you would want to, to add to the squad? Would you have space for him on the squad? Well, space, for sure. Space uh, is there also because if... if we didn't have the idea that he could have joined the squad. He wouldn't be here in uh, in on trial with us. Uh, the thing is that uh, again, he, we need to be very, very, very um, deep and in the evaluation, the physical evaluation. We are working a lot with performance with our medical staff to understand what uh, uh, if the thing is sustainable or not on a like character standpoint is a top top guy he's helping the young center backs he's uh, he's uh, he is uh, putting himself at the disposal of the team 100% so uh for sure uh if he would be 100% full we wouldn't even think about it yeah it would be part of the squad uh, and is he open to a move to MLS or is he also kind of using this to to maybe see if there's interest from more German clubs or, or someone else in Europe? Well, uh, that's another question for me. That's a question more for the management. So uh, it's uh, uh, the thing that I can say is enjoying training with us for sure. The, the, another player that you've been linked with that I know you probably can't say too much about, Ty Baribo. And interestingly, of course, you're playing his club, Wolfsberger, on, on Saturday. Can we expect him in a, a Whitecaps jersey in one half and a Wolfsberger jersey in the other? <laughs> uh, again, uh, yes, we. I'm, I'm not saying... Ty is one of the players that we're looking at. So that's, you know, we. It's there's no secret about it. And uh, uh, we will have another look at him Saturday when we play against each other but again it's like it's more a question for Axel and the management than for me I'm focused on uh, on the player that uh, that I have and uh, I'm happy to answer any question to the player that I'm that are working now with me we spoke on on Wednesday obviously a little bit about Salif Sani and Tyberibo you got a chance to look at them them both today uh, in that second half uh, Salif came on and then Baribo obviously got the goal. What did you make of both the performances? Uh, yeah, Ty Baribo, we so we know him, we scouted him, and you know he played the game that we he's, he's usually play, very hard working striker, uh, moving a lot, and uh, 
um, yeah, it was a little bit of the goal was a little bit lucky to be honest because it was like kind of a uh, half a half a stud uh, touch where to go to go on a corner kick, but uh, uh, yeah, I think he, he showed that he can be a good player. Uh, Salif uh, did well. He had uh, no more than twenty five minutes on on his legs because of like we need to be very careful with his uh, with his uh, kind of development and uh, and kind of uh, I would say getting back him to the right uh, shape in order to be on on the field for 90 minutes and yeah he did well he was yeah in the center of defense he's not i would say fully in our tactics but it's normal he did like five training sessions with us so it was a little bit too much man oriented then so well but but he did uh, he did well now we'll see We'll see what uh, he wants to do, basically, and what uh, if he can match with uh, our expectation and his expectation. And uh, we'll see if he's going to stay with us uh, a little more or, or not. So the gaffer, Vanni Sartini, he's limited really in, in what he can say because as he mentioned there, he kind of defers these roster building decisions to Axel and the management team and that that's fair enough. We were chatting a little bit about it but beforehand. He just really wants to focus on the players that he has got here. But I mean, these rumours are going about and obviously Tiber Rebo, the Israeli forward, plays for Wolfsberger played against the Whitecaps on Saturday, scored against the Whitecaps on Saturday. Now, when I'd asked Vanny about him scoring, I hadn't seen the goal with the highlights by that point, and Vanny's like, it's not really much of a goal, it's just like a stud to get it over the line. But they all count, and that's what we need. We need these down and dirty and cheap goals. Right place, right time. Yeah, that's what you want from your forward. Yeah. The rumours are that Wolfsberger are looking for quite a big fee to let Baribo go, which is a bit surprising because transfer market have his contract expiring at the end of June. I don't know what the options and everything are, are like for Bundesliga or whatever, or if he's going to be a free agent after that. But, I mean, they might it might just be one of these negotiating things. They're starting big. Whitecaps will come in low and then they'll try and meet in the middle or try and get something maybe sorted out. I don't know, but... I mean, if they're looking for a big fee for him, I don't know that's a great option. I think there's better players that you could get for that fee or less, maybe. Yeah, despite his uh, somewhat impressive numbers, yeah, you think that they, if they're going to have to, I mean, the, the term big is relative, right? Like, Lucas Lucas Cavallini is the, the biggest fee they paid for yeah. a player. Yeah, I mean, so. when I had, my, in my head, I was thinking two-ish million, maybe something like that. Which I guess right. world football is not, massive it's almost like a pittance in mm. world football but yeah no but, but would, do the white caps have be... that money like do they have money totally. to pay for transfer fees because a lot of the business they're doing are free agents they've got money to pay them some gam tam thank you ma'am all that stuff but do they actually have money to go out and and splash that cash and pay transfer fees that's that's the question 
yeah no that, that that is a valid question like what is their what is their budget what are they working with and axel's actually going to be talking to media next week so that is something uh, i hope to ask him we'll see what kind of answer we get yeah but yeah i mean Beribo, he looks good He's a guy that can score goals. If they can get him for a good price and a good salary, I mean, it's worth going for it. I've liked the videos I've seen. I've liked his movement. He's a guy that is in the right place at, at the right time. But if Wolfsberger are going to be stupid about it, then it's like, yeah, look elsewhere. And then the, the rumours are that they have got other targets as well. So, I mean, we saw this last year. Well, you move on if you can't get your target onto the next one. Or it just means they wait and get him on a free at the end of his contract in, in June, July, which can, I know is not... Can they afford to do that? Because that, that's the other thing I was going to talk about. Because we, we spoke at the end of the last part, Brian White with his calf contusion. Now, Brian has not had a great time of it last year with injuries. And if these little niggles continue... The depth that we have got at that position is not great. No, but Vanny Sartini would not be the first Whitecaps manager who's been told you have to wait until July to bring in this player or that player for this reason or that reason. Usually, particularly around you know transfer fee slash you know player availability, you know their season coming to an end or whatever. So it would not be ideal, obviously for sure, but. I don't think anyone would be surprised if that's what what happened. What what, what would happen? But no. obviously, if that is the only option, um, or the best, or what they feel is the best option for them, obviously Axel will yeah have other alternatives that they would look at. You would imagine either in, in addition to tie or you know instead of tie. I mean, it's a big opportunity for Dahomey as well to challenge White and uh, mm -hmm. if White can yeah. stay healthy and there's a lot of games coming up in different competitions as well because by the end of May they'll have played MLS Canadian Championship and Champions League Yep. so there's a lot of opportunities we're going to hear from Simon Betcher later in the show as well another young striker that is certainly going to see time in games this year so I mean he mentioned in the last part that he sees the homie as one of these front three players now this year which is great and he also said the homie's come back into camp a lot fitter than he was when he came in last year so that's that's nice. good to see as well because it, well, it shows he, he really wants to knuckle down and make well, a go of it and he's probably excited to be playing more in, in the areas that he likes to play yeah all you can do as well when you're a player like that is seize your chance. And if you're going to mm. score, even if it's just a preseason friendly, you still want to ride the guy that's actually in form and scoring. So yeah, we'll see how things shake up down in Palm Springs. Now, the other player, of course, that has been mentioned from the Whitecaps of late is Senegalese centre-back Salif Sani. And we've spoken about him in the, the last two shows. Saw some minutes in a Whitecaps jersey in the second half against Wolfsburg. Vanis said that they wanted to have a look at him in that game and they want to then also evaluate to see if he can handle an MLS workload. Because it's all the travel, it's the different kind of pitches, it's the different atmospheres. We spoke last week about if you're a guy that suffered injuries, it's playing at a pitch like BC plays yeah. for half your game's ideal, which may or may not be. How do they, what goes into determining whether or not he can handle that load? Because it's not like, unless they're putting him on a plane to fly around, like, like how can you can't simulate a lot of those things, right? So, I don't know. What are the it, metrics it, they're using for that? It's kind of weird because, like, 
Axel and Vanny almost it always feels like they're not on the same page with when they're talking about Sani. And it might just be because Vanny doesn't want to say too much negative to say, look, we're not interested in him. But Axel kind of downplayed it a little bit. Um, Vanny has basically, as you heard there, said, yeah, we'd love him on the team. Um, we know what he brings on and off the pitch. He's a great presence on the pitch. He's a great presence in the locker room as well. He's a great character. Um, they've got the the salary space. They've got the roster space to, to add him if they wanted. But at the same time, he can be using this as a chance to maybe earn another deal in Germany or somewhere else in Europe. And Vanny said that they'll have a chat now to see what he wants to do and then what they want to do next. Pretty much at the same time as we were talking to Vanny, Manuel Veth from Transfer Market had tweeted out that his sources have told him the Whitecaps' interest in Sani is over. Mm. So I, I don't know. Do you believe the coach or do you believe someone that's sources are, are saying that it is over? I I think they will still evaluate it. I'm not sure he might join them in Palm Springs or not. There's going to be other options. I think if they can get a younger option that isn't yeah. maybe as injury prone, I think that's the way to go. Yeah. Yeah. Someone mid, mid to late 20s uh, that plays at a high level. Axel's talked about wanting to be shopping on the top shelf, which right. I, I did a tweet about, which I think everyone missed my subtle pornographic magazine jokes that I had. Because when I hear top shelf, I think top shelf magazines. Maybe says a lot about my youth. What does that mean? Oh, maybe this is a UK thing. Like The phrase top shelf is where all the porn mags get kept in news agents. <laughs> No, it was like that in Canada too ah, back in the day. So I, were, I, was, I basically tweeted you know. out, oh, they're wanting a boy that can play, a, a real hustler from a club international, which was a, a UK porn mag. So I, I was doing those jokes and folk were just focusing on the top shelf saying the Whitecaps will never sign top shelf players. And I thought, my whole porn mag joke's just gone over everyone's head. There, I was quite yeah, disappointed with that. Yeah. Well, it's nice to hear Axel say that at least. Yeah. I mean, Vanny's quote on Sani was, now we'll see what he wants to do and if he can match his expectations and our expectations, we'll see if he's going to stay with us a little bit more or not. So I guess we'll find out that soon enough. But one centre-back that is definitely no longer going to be featuring with the Whitecaps, Daniel oh, yeah. Crutzen. Spoke about him a couple of shows ago. Forge standout, three championship wins with Forge. The Dutch player was in camp didn't play in the game today. Vanny said that he's no longer going to be involved with the Whitecaps. He feels that they're, they've got a lot of depth at that position and he wasn't really going to see time on the pitch. He's got a good offer from USL. You imagine when he says that it's USL Championship. So I guess he's going to be weighing up whether he wants to go to USL, whether he wants to go to Forge. He wasn't going to be a starter here. And no. I think for a guy like him, he he needs to be a starter. So I, I, I on one of the Discord channels that I read, the Whitecaps were getting pretty much shot on for, oh, letting another potential good star go on a CPL player and he could get Canadian citizenship, etc., etc. They're actually doing the best thing for the player because you don't want to just bury him in WFC2 and he's not going to go on the pitch because 
he, he's not going to jump ahead of if they sign a Sani or a Blackman or a Ranko or a Laborda, any of these guys. So I think it, it was the right decision. Yeah, and hopefully it works out for him because uh, he's been a, a quality player in, in, at CPL and kind of just hope, well, hope the best for him. He's a top talent, yeah. Now, talking of centre-backs, one that will be missing just for a few days is Ranko Veselinovic, who's been called up by Serbia to face the US in a friendly on Wednesday, this coming Wednesday the 25th, at the newly named Bank of Montreal Stadium in LA. The Bank of California's gone and Montreal Why? swept what? in. Man, that's and crazy. I was like, when I saw that, I was like, "Oh, wow!" Did MDS have a role in <laughs> Oh, there we no, go. He, he, he wouldn't have. But it's just <laughs> I didn't weird. even think of that. It's just weird. Well, it's because of Max. That's why. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. There you go. That's better. Yeah, that more fitting. Um, but that's that's just weird. Mm. I guess BMO offered them more money. Like it's just I, weird. yeah. I guess BMO. They, I mean. You can say what you want about big banks, and I often do. But BMO's been very supportive of, of football, soccer yeah. in Canada. And it's yeah. like, it, it's great for them to continue that. And I guess they clearly want to try and get a bigger inroad into the US market. Yeah, but so, like, do they have branches down there or something? I like, don't know. See, they must, right? When I came here, I thought, okay, I'm not opening an account with them because it's got Montreal in the title. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I wasn't opening with the Royal Bank because it had Royal in the title. So <laughs> I, 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 TV no, no, Toronto. Had Toronto. For yes, you, I, I, I basically Are narrowed that down. No, um, I, I won't tell you who I'm with now, but it's no, no, it's no. none of those. You don't want us to rob you. Um, yeah. Yeah, I, Hackers I, I, everywhere. Um, I, I forgot to tell you this again. I, I mentioned I was listening to the, the old World Cup podcast. Well, mm. <laughs> over the last few weeks, the whole CIBC thing with the, oh, the, the, the them taking away the scarves. <laughs> yeah. So at one point, I can't remember if it was in the first game or was the second. No, it was the first game. So we just, just not like really loudly, and more so just for the benefit of the, of the players' families and friends or whatever. We just started chanting CIBC, CIBC. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's tremendous. <laughs> Surprised you didn't get kicked out by FIFA. No. Anyway, back to, to Ranko in Serbia. This marks the second time that Veselinovic has been called up to Serbia's senior national team. Mm-hmm. Previously played a friendly against the Dominican Republic in January 21. So these kind of camps are, are, are good for, for players like Ranko to have a look. He has played at youth level for Serbia, everything like 16, 17, 18, 19, 21. So it's a good continuation for him. And if the Whitecaps were maybe wanting to move him on as a international player, oh, yeah. gets him a bit more money. So he'll be taking on the US on Wednesday. And on the US side, we could see newly minted US citizen Julian Gressel. Talked about that quickly in the last show. But he celebrated his citizenship with a call-up to Anthony Hudson's US men's national team camp for their two friendlies against Serbia on Wednesday uh, in LA at the BMO Stadium. And then three days later in Carson at the Galaxies Stadium as well. So talk about that in a sec. Gressel did some media with US Soccer on Saturday. Got to jump on that call, got to ask him a question. Here's a little bit from Julian Gressel. (laughs) 
take us through um, take us through the last uh, couple months. Was there indications when it became clear you were you were going to get your citizenship? Did did Greg tell you that you would be in the plans for the winter camp, um, or was it uh, you know was it a surprise in the in the last few days or, or weeks? Um, I want to say it was more of a surprise. Um, it was obviously something I knew that it was a possibility now that, you know, I got my citizenship in November. Um, but, uh, yeah, it was still obviously a lot happened, uh, especially after the World Cup. And um, that's why it was still a bit, you know, uncertainty about kind of what this camp will look like. Um, so I wasn't sure what it was, what it was going to be. And then it was a, you know, a great surprise to find out that, you know, first I was on the preliminary roster and then, you know, Anthony Hudson called me and um, asked me if I wanted to come in. And, you know, it was, it was a great, uh, great conversation we had initially. And, and, you know, it was a, an exciting time now, an exciting couple of weeks. And, you know, I'm, I'm very, very happy and, and excited for this opportunity to, to represent the U.S. And to follow up, um, what, uh, take us through uh, your American journey. To, to get to this point, um, obviously you've you've had ties to the U.S. for many years, going back to youth and college. Um, to culminate in this call up, um, what uh, do you see the big picture here, and 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 what you've gone through to get here? How long do we have? No, I'm just kidding. No, <laughs> no it's uh, yeah, it was a it was a long journey and and one that's pretty unusual. I think um, obviously I came here for the first time as an exchange student, uh, went back to Germany for a couple of years to finish high school, and then ultimately decided to come to college um, and, and play at, at Providence College there for three and a half years, you know, had a great career in college and got the opportunity to play in MLS. And, uh, you know, I met my wife in college um, and uh, that kind of ultimately then led, led to a green card um, through the marriage. Um, and three years later, here we are. Um, so it's been, it's been definitely, you know, a long journey, a journey that I've enjoyed. Um, ever since I first stepped foot in the, into the U.S., uh, I've, I, I fell in love with the country, and uh, you know that's why it's it's really exciting to be able to represent um, the U.S. on the field um, in those upcoming two games, and um, even you know my my family back home, they're obviously all German and all from Germany. They're very excited. I got phone calls. You know, um, I had a really really cool conversation with my grandpa, for example, who was um, huge huge soccer fan, obviously, and a huge fan of mine, and. He, um, yeah, I could really hear how proud he was in his voice and, and how excited he was for me to have this opportunity um, that I've worked hard for, you know, and, and to kind of get rewarded that way is, is awesome. And uh, I'm certainly going to enjoy it um, just as much as I'm going to try and obviously do, uh, do really well. Just spoke to Vanny this week about your call up and he was absolutely delighted on a personal level and a professional level for you. But he also spoke about how this is really going to get you well prepared for the season to come and the big test that you've got, more so than just playing in in pre-season friendlies. Can you talk a little bit about that? And also, was there a little bit of banter with yourself and Ranko on the flight over in the build-up to this game that's coming up? Yeah, of course there was some banter between Ranko and myself. Uh, we, uh, We actually didn't fly over together, but as soon as kind of he knew that he was going, I knew that I was going, we kind of immediately started. It was like, I'm not going to talk to you for the next week, like, you know, getting after it in training, but it's all fun and games. Um, and, and I'm excited to play against him and see him. Um, but yeah, in terms of preparation for the season, of course, you know, those, those are, are two big games that you have, um, you know, now on the schedule for me. Um, you know, they're exciting. They're, they're going to be going to be fun. And 
um, to play kind of, you know, at that level right away is certainly going to prepare me well. You know, I know we have a fast start to the season in Vancouver with the Champions League and everything. And um, I want to be, you know, ready to go right away when that rolls around. And these two games will definitely help with that. We hear in the past about, you know, sort of the preparation that happens before the camp, you know, sort of homework that players are given. I, I was just wondering if you guys, how much briefing have you gotten about what's going to happen in this camp, how you're perceived? Do you know what positions or roles you'll be used in? Just kind of the, 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 the backdrop or the prep for this. Yeah, I think it's, it's very clear that the style of play, right? I, I don't think it's going to change too much from, from what we've seen in the World Cup. So for us players coming in, obviously we've all watched the games and we kind of have, um, you know, not just watch it, you know, with, you know, half an eye, I think we watched it pretty well. And um, so we all kind of know what roles, um, you know, we need to be in, and in terms of the different positions and stuff. And, and I think over the next few days, we'll, we'll have more in-depth conversations with the coaching staff and, um, you know, you'll, we'll find out kind of how many minutes we'll play and, you know, all that type of stuff because it is still preseason. So, um, but again, in terms of overall, I think we know pretty well of what the style will look like, what the philosophy is, what the, you know, what the standard is. And that won't change much from from the World Cup games that we've all watched. So, and then Julian, are you going to be attacking? Do you think, or or we get a look at fullback? Do you any, I guess have any sense yet? Um, yeah, I think I'll I'll play. I think fullback, um, to be honest, and, and then we'll see maybe a little bit more um, forward as well. But again, those those detailed conversations will still happen over the next few days. Uh, Julian, I was wondering how your role is going to be a little different with the U.S compared to when you're in Vancouver. I know Coach Vanny sometimes has you playing in multiple positions during a, a one single game. So how different is it going to be playing forward and playing maybe a bit of fullback? Maybe you're not as used to that here with the Whitecaps. I mean, you know, I, I think throughout my whole career, I've played multiple positions in, in you know multiple different systems. So it's nothing really going to be too new for me. Like I said earlier, I think the, you know, the, the style of play is very um, defined here, so it's going to be easy for me to slide into, um, you know, different positions on the field and, and whatever the, the coaches have in terms of a plan, I'll, I'll play that. And um, then when I get back to, you know, to Vancouver, I'll, I'll focus on what, what Vanny wants from me there. Um, so, you know, I'm, I'm excited for these two games, you know, whatever role I'll play, if it's fullback, if it's, you know, right wing, if it's eight, whatever, um, it's, uh, it's going to be exciting and I'm excited to be representing the U.S. and then worry about Vancouver. Um, once I join them again in Palm Springs. Julian Gressel, delighted to be American, delighted to be part of this team, already talking about it in a we and our and us thing. That, that's what you want as a, as a fan mm-hmm. of our national team when one of your players... He's he's really bought in, and he spoke about his love of America. He came over here many years ago, met his wife here, and he he, he feels American. So it, it's a great move for him. It's a great opportunity for him. And a fun fact, 30 US players who have earned their first cap at one of these January camps have then gone on to play for the US at a World Cup. So, I mean, it's, it's a big, big lure for Gresso, and... I mean, he's got a chance. He's a really good player. And like, I, I don't care what country they go to play for. It's nice to have Whitecaps players playing on, on national teams. Makes the, the Whitecaps feel a little bit more premium as well because you've got fully-fledged yeah. international players. So hopefully he does see minutes in one of these two games. I'm pretty sure he will. But he did speak there about 
mm-hmm. wanting to, or he thinks he'll be playing as a right back for the US team. But Vanny sees him more as a number eight. Actually, before we talk about that, let's hear a little bit from Vanny just talking about Gressel's call up and how he plans to use him this year. Julian Gressel got his first call up to the American national team at the, the end of this month. Obviously, it disrupts your plans a little bit, but you must be absolutely delighted that he's got involved in that. What are you expecting from Julian this year? First of all, I'm, I'm happy, really happy that him and Ranko got the call with the national team. So every time that someone gets an international call, I'm really happy. And I think that uh, even if you are in preseason, for him to have the chance to play two international games, and uh, it's fantastic. And it's not going to... I would say remove anything of his preparation in the team. Uh, what I expect uh, is uh, like a couple of things. So uh, we want to play him as number eight, like he did in Atlanta the first year or couple of years when he was in the in the league. Uh, I think that is time for him to play in that position because uh, he is he's not at his old, but you know, it's uh, it's it's a position where he can. Uh, cover less ground up and down and be impactful with his right foot, uh, serving ball in the box, crossing, and even arriving in the box when the ball is on, when he's on the weak side and scoring goals and defending, covering less ground than when you're a wingback or a wide player. So I expect that uh, it's going to bring his quality of uh, good technique, uh, endurance, and uh, leadership. He's a natural leader in the group. So just some Vanny thoughts there on Gressel. And Vanny sees him, Zach, as moving to that number eight role that he played a bit at first with Atlanta. I don't mind that. I think he could be really good there. He's he's a little bit older now. He's maybe not got the legs that Vanny wants for him to tear up and down that wing as much. He was used in a number of different positions last year. And I'd like to see what he can do as an eight. I, yeah. I don't, I guess I don't mind it either in the sense that, yeah, I think he's one of their better players and he can play there. My question is, okay, who's playing right wing back or right back for them then? I mean, obviously Blackman played in, uh, you know, against Hamburg, right? Mm. And sort of the Hamburg game played right back and he's fine there. I don't I think mean, he's I, the greatest going forward from there. But If they're looking at 4-3-3, then you might have two eights and a six. So then you're you're relying on the right back to get up and down and then you'd have Dahomey possibly on the right, Caicedo on the Wait, left. So who is who is that right back? Is that going to be Blackman? Is that going to be, be Blackman, Trevane I would, Brown? I would think, well, there'll be a lot of rotation with the games coming up, yeah, but I see, think to me, Blackman's see, probably the guy they've penciled in for that. Okay, so they can do this and it might work out for them, but I, to me, it, it just seems weird. It seems like this is, uh, this. I mean, this is one of the Dahomeys of the season, right? Like taking a player... And using him in a different spot that is not his primary position, um, and Ryan Raposo, well, looks yeah, yeah, like he's going to be a fully fledged wing back this year. Right. So Raposo is going to be a wing back, and your guy who's played right back and right wing back is going to be a central midfielder. It just it feels weird. And, and again, it might work out, and, and you know, might make Vanny look great, but like. 
the Dahomey experiment, whatever, was sh- shambolic last year, and and it and it was it was hard to take because we talked about it from the beginning. Like this is not a good idea. I don't think Ryan Raposo as a wingback, a full time wingback, or or seventy five percent of his time as a wingback, is a good idea. Um, I think yeah. I think Gressel you can get away with as an eight because he's a better player. Like he's a in this league, he's a he's one of the Whitecaps higher end players. And so I think he's capable. I think he has the abilities. I think he has the football IQ. I think he can do the job there um, that, you know, they, they never got from Caillou or, you know, some of these other players, but um, it feels like the dude should be playing at right back or right wing back. Yep. And you've got that situation again, that he could go away with the national team and be playing in a different position. And yeah, I mean, We'll see. But best of luck anyway to Julian and Ranko. Let's just hope they don't kick the shit out of each other on that game on Wednesday and they get back yeah. into the Whitecaps camp all in one piece. That is true, yeah. yeah. But we'll be back with some more Whitecaps chat and the first of our two feature interviews on the show this week after this. Hey, I am Axel Schuster and I'm listening to the AFTN Soccer Show. Welcome back to the AFT and Soccer Show on CITR Radio 101.9 FM. And kicking off this part is another song from Terry Hall's repertoire, the band that he formed after leaving the specials initially, Fun Boy 3, a song from 1983, also from 1981, I'll explain that. It's Our Lips Are Sealed. It was a song co-written by Terry Hall and Jane Weedlin from the band The Go-Go's, the Go-Go's reached number three or four, depending on what chart you look at, in Canada with that song back in 1981. They reached number 20 in the US, only number 47 in the UK. Two years later, Terry recorded the song with Funboy 3 and released it as a single with his band, reaching number seven in the, the UK charts. And you can find it 
on Funboy 3's second album, Waiting. I guess you could say Vanny and Axel's lips are a little bit sealed at the moment with all the rumours flying about. Will the Whitecaps add some new additions soon? Who will they be? Where will they be? Where will they come from? Who knows? Not even Cotton Eye Joe. I mean, I talked about the Buribo and the Sani rumours that have been going around for a, a couple of weeks now in the last part. The latest rumour, though, came out on Sunday morning from Jeff Carlyle of ESPN, of all people, who wrote that the Whitecaps have made an offer for Yokohama Marino's goalkeeper, Yohi Takaoka. The 26-year-old keeper has spent parts of the last three seasons with Yokohama, helped them win the 2022 J1 League Championship, Yokohama's fifth J1 title, kept 13 clean sheets over the course of the season, earning a spot in the league's best 11 in the process, made 86 league and cup appearances for Yokohama over the years, but he's said to be wanting a new challenge, wanting to try and break his way into the Japanese national team. His current deal with Yokohama doesn't expire until January 2024. So unless Yokohama are wanting to release him and make him a free agent, the Whitecaps would have to pay a transfer fee for him unless they could get him on a loan with an option to buy down the line has also played in the Japanese top flight with Sagan Tosu. And you've got to feel that if he's coming here, he's not going to come all the way from Japan with the the hope of being number one. You kind of think he's coming here expecting to probably be the number one. But then it's up to him and Hasao to battle it out for that spot in training. On paper, looks that he could be an upgrade on Hasao, a bit more experienced, but I guess we'd have to wait and see. Although the offer has apparently been made for him, other reports coming out on Sunday have said that the deal is far from being complete. So I guess we'll kind of have to see how all of that plays out. But to paraphrase... To paraphrase? To paraphrase Vanny from Wednesday, let's talk about the Whitecaps players that are here. Now, we mentioned that up front is maybe still looking a little bit weak, Maybe that's a, a little bit of an understatement. Right now, there's four forwards officially listed on the roster, which is Brian White, Diber Caicedo, Christian Dahomey, and Simon Bitcher. So we talked that the Dajo wing back experiment is finally over, and they are now saving that for Ryan Raposo. Caicedo hasn't played in these two games as he's not fully up to speed yet, and he's he's getting there, which is good. Um I mean Surely, Zach, there is going to be another forward added. It's just, is it before the season starts or is it going to have to wait until the the, the window in the summer or maybe later in this window? Who knows? Don't call me Shirley. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, I agree with you. It, it feels like whether it's, um, I mean, ideally for them, it's someone that joins them in time for the season. To yeah. kick off, you want to get that chemistry going, but I mean, there's so many competitions as well as we spoke about, and like right now, 2023 is a huge opportunity for last year's first choice draft pick Simon Betcher to shine. Mm-hmm. Betcher was taken first by the Whitecaps in last year's draft, 16th overall. He played for WFC two last year, scored eight goals, tallied four assists 
in his 22 MLS Knicks Pro appearances. He got that call-up to the MLS squad and scored on his debut against Houston on August 6th, got the equaliser in the 88th minute, and then the Whitecaps went on to win it in stoppage time. He earned a first-team contract with everything that he did in 2022, and I like the way that they've, they've gone about dealing with him. I like the fact that we've got the second team back now. You're not just giving these guys contracts. They've got to really go and show that they're worth it, and Betcher certainly did that. Yeah, it, it makes you, you know, think about, you know, the inaugural uh, iteration of WFC2 where the you know, these type of players got to play games and, yeah, prove themselves. And um, it's nice to have that back. I think it's a great part of the, the Whitecaps pyramid, um, you know, a pathway to, to professionalism or whatever however you want to put it. Um, so, yeah, he, I, I think, you know, the goals he scored last year um, – and his, uh, like you said, his contribution in the the games he got to play in in the first team uh, helped him earn that. And now he like kind of doesn't have to earn it again because he has it, but he has to show that he's worthy of it. Well, yeah, it's the it's the new stage. It's like it's like playing your video game. Achievement is unlocked, but you've now moved up to the next level. For real. Yeah, I have been playing a lot of my, my retro emulator again this week. <laughs> but I, I got a chance to sit down in between playing games with Simon Betcher over in Spain. I, I wasn't over in Spain. So go and stick the kettle on, grab your biscuit of choice and enjoy our chat with Simon Betcher. So, Simon, thank you so much for joining us today from Spain. First thing to ask you, how, how have you found your time over in Spain so far? I've, I've been to Marbella just on a day trip when I, I went somewhere else in Spain, and it's a, it's a beautiful city, it's a lovely area. How have you found the time there? I know you're there to work, but how, how have you found your experience over there? Yeah, it's been really nice. Um, I remember last preseason we were in Vancouver for 20 days, so uh, I'd pick Marbella every day of the week um to vancouver's january but no it was good i got to uh see the town a little bit we had a day off so i just went in got lunch walked around um no it, it's been wonderful uh, um great to be with the team in a, in a group setting and yeah yeah you've missed the rain which i'm sure you're glad about it, it looks like the first two days of training next week's meant to be dry so you might only have a couple of days of rain here before you're you're down Palm Springs, so that's not bad. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit just about the, the year that you've had, because it's just over a year since the 2022 Super Draft. Does it just feel like yesterday for you? Do you remember that day, every single thing that happened with it? Yeah, um, it's been a whirlwind, so it really does feel like yesterday. You know, all of a sudden... There's 32 teams you could be going to. Everyone's always like, oh, where do you want to go? Where do you think you're going to go? And you really have no idea. And then, you know, fast forward a year later, it's kind of been a bit of a blur. But, you know, in the, others, in the other way, it's been a, been a long year. It was obviously, you know, one that I don't think I could have predicted. Um, had its ups, had its downs. And... Yeah, fast forward a year, I'm happy to be where I am. Yeah, because now, now you're sitting with that MLS deal, and the way the Whitecaps 
sort of dealt with you last year from someone that's covered the team from way back before their MLS days. It's been kind of nice to, to see how this has worked out for you because in the past, the first pick always got an MLS deal. Often here, didn't maybe make it, didn't get a lot of playing time, moved on quickly. But they've gone a different path than you and I think it's it's probably really worked out great for you because you obviously started the year off in, in WFC 2. I, I I mean, fair, fair to say maybe that the first couple of games you were a little bit slow finding your feet but then you just hit the ground running and you didn't look back after that yeah um i think you know coming in it was a bit of an adjustment you know coming from the college game to the pro game i think it was definitely a leap in speed of play and new system new area whole new group of guys you know a bunch of intangible things as well so having wfc2 getting into a system, getting consistent playing time. You know, there was a point where, you know, all I've done my whole life is score goals. And I don't think I had one till till May. And and then once once they started coming, um, you know, I think I finished with eight and four assists. And um, yeah, I, I feel like once I got my feet, they were working with me every day, working on, you know, Dasovich and Brendan Shaw, they were working week in and week out, really identifying things that would push me to the first team, would um, just things to make my game better, more complete. And I think having that in the WFC2 environment, I think it was immense for me. Um, and getting a full year under my belt in the same building as all the first team guys, yeah, it was really, really big. Yeah, it, it was great to have that team back. It, four years without having a team like that here. And I, I think like watching your early games, you could see how hard you were trying to get that first goal and the frustration when you were coming close, which you did on a number of occasions. And then it seemed like the relief when you got that goal. But also you're playing on a team where you've all got the same goal. You're wanting that MLS deal. So I, I would like spoke to a lot of the guys last year. I take it you were just really all pushing each other on. Everyone always seemed delighted for for guys like yourself and Ali that got the call ups to the, the first team as well. Yeah, I think it was a really close group. A lot of guys who have their ambitions set pretty high, who demand a lot from themselves. And I think going in every day, we kind of demanded a lot of each other. Everyone wanted to work afterwards. You know, the forwards were always working on finishing. Center backs were always working outside backs. So I think having, you know, that youth and a lot of guys who not only have their eyes set, but also see that there is a pathway. I know Chris Lee got called up. Asko Fry was on the bench. Ali, me, Easton. So, you know, there are chances and opportunities and I think having that along with an amb ambitious group, you know, every day it was a high level. We were pushing and guys were constantly, constantly training with the first team coming back down. First team guys were playing games with us. So, yeah, I mean, it was it was really a good group. When you look back then at the, the player that you are now to the player that you were coming out of the draft, how do you feel your games kind of grown it in this past year? Yeah, I think, you know, when people ask me that, I feel like 
it's an adjustment definitely from the college game. The college game, you have a little bit more leeway. Everyone's usually the best player on the field. Um, and for me, you know, I think one of the biggest things I've learned is how to value the ball, how to work within a system. And I think my hold-up play has gotten better, movements off the ball, because, you know, going up to the next level, everything has to be sharper. Your movements have to be sharper. You have to be thinking, you know, two, three steps ahead instead of just one. Um, you have to value the ball. You have to work not only physically, but mentally so much harder. So I think just in the past year, all those things have you know, stepped up a bit as, as well as you know, the obvious things for strikers like scoring goals, gaining good positions, stuff like that. What about off the pitch? Because, I mean, obviously you were used to being away from home but with the, the time at college, even your summers, you you were playing in, in PDL and travelling about there. But it's obviously a big adjustment. You come, come into a different country. As similar as Canada and America are in many ways, there's also a lot of differences with the two countries as well. How do you think you've grown as a person off the field in the, the last year? Yeah, I think it is a big adjustment, not only being in a different place, but also lifestyle-wise. Usually in college, everyone's your exact same age. You're going to class together. You're doing everything together and then stepping up. Now you're more or less alone. Um, and to be a successful pro, it almost has to be a pretty boring lifestyle, doing all the right things, staying a little bit longer at the facility. And even being in the same facility, I think it kind of helps seeing a lot of the first team guys, how seriously they take their diet, how seriously they take their prehab before training, their prehab after training, kind of extending your day even longer and then when you're off the field just doing the right things getting the right rest I think that's something I didn't really put as much weight on in college and I think moving up to the next level I think that was a big shock and then obviously moving to a to a new place Vancouver far from home I only saw my family once having my girlfriend out did help um able to do a lot of things see places explore the city but yeah honestly i think it was a a big jump in just lifestyle in general off the field yeah because i imagine as well like growing up in kansas as well you're like stuck right in the middle of the country whereas now you're like in a kind of coastal community and you've got everything like that and I mean, it's a great city to come to because you've mm -hmm. got everything round about. If you want mountain life, if you want country life, if you want beach life. How have you found Vancouver? Have you enjoyed it? Yeah, and I think one of the biggest differences was how much easier it is to get around with public transport. I love public transport. I'm always on taking the train into the city, the buses. It's actually quite nice to be able to get everywhere without a car. Um, I was able to do, I think, two or three hikes um which were really nice just on you know we we had a weekend or two off so that and then going to the beach in the summertime really I'm, I'm an outdoors person so it it kind of falls into me pretty well but yeah no the city i can't complain it's honestly a lot cleaner than a lot of places i've been um and very very safe you know coming from the states i think that was one thing that kind of Kind of a little bit of a difference, just the safety and being able to walk around and and do stuff like that. But yeah, cool. Well, let's get back to the football chat. So August sixth, 
2022, I'm sure that's a day that's etched in your memory for the rest of your life. When, when you got, we, we talked a little bit with you after, after the game, but like when you got that call up and you knew that you were on the bench, I mean, when you went to, to bed the night before, your, your dream is, oh, I'm going to come on, I'm going to score a goal. But talk us through just that experience, those eight plus minutes that, that you had, the goal that you got. Yeah. Um, I was trying not to overthink it. I was felt comfortable because I had been with the team. I am familiar with a lot of the guys there telling me, look, like you're going to get – just because of the way the injuries and people in and out of the roster, they're like, there's a good chance you get on. And so in my head, I was just trying to keep it simple. Obviously, I'm going to go out, work as hard as I can for however long I'm out there. And, and do what was needed. And then um, one of my close buddies um, told me, hey, you just want to get a touch on the ball, complete a pass, and then work as hard as you can, right? And I remember it was like five minutes in, and I still had to touch the ball. And it ran through my head, and I was like, I got to get around the ball. I got to get on, like, win a, win a duel, win something. And then all of a sudden, the ball dropped to my feet. And I guess the rest was history from there. So I, I wasn't too nervous you know, more so excited, happy for the opportunity. And I don't, I, I don't know. I can't really remember much what was going through my head after that. Yeah. But, I mean, and yeah, I don't I mean, know, as the game went on, I was just hoping I'd get on. So. Yeah, that's true. So, I mean, yeah. obviously at that point, I'd, I'd watched you all season in WFC2, we'd seen you then. So we, I think everyone had high hopes for you, but what were the conversations like with the club? Were you expecting to get this MLS contract at the end of the season? Was it something, was it a bit of a surprise to you or had the discussions been, look, if you show yourself and you have shown yourself, this is the reward that you're going to get at the end of the year? I I do think that, you know, there was, the year was for me to earn a contract. That's, you know, coming into it, that was my goal and that was, um, it was my option was an MLS contract. So, you know, going through the year, it wasn't as much pressure on me, but, you know, I think I had in my head that the entire time I was working to earn a place on the first team. And I think as the season went on and I got comfortable, I was able to show, I think the value I could add. And after, after our season ended, because it ended a little bit sooner than the first teams, about five weeks, we still, a number of guys stayed and continued to train and then ended up training. There's an international break. So there's a couple uh, inner squads, a lot of joint training, stuff like that. And I think, again, throughout there, I think I showed to them that, you know, the value I could add and that I've made great improvements and was willing to take feedback and had the right mindset. And on top of that grew into, I think, earning a role onto the team. So if we look at it, that achievement's being unlocked now. So you're now into the, the next stage of your career, which is you're a bona fide MLS player. You've got that deal. What what, what are you hoping for? I mean, you obviously don't have to share your most personal hopes and goals for the season with me, but like, what are you hoping for for this year? What kind of conversations have you had with Vanny from what he's expecting from you that, that you don't mind sharing? Yeah, I think the expectation is that, I mean, as of now, 
I'm playing with one forward in the system we have. You know, I'm not I'm not the DP forward. I'm not the the top forward guy. I'm a supporting guy in this role. And so for me, I want to a help however I can. And I think in my role, it's going to be coming off the bench, perhaps providing minutes in alternative alternative competition. Since we have so many games this year, I think there will be opportunities. And I think, again, another year of growth, another year of working on my strengths, working on my weaknesses, being fit, being ready to contribute, pushing, whether it's Brian or anyone else in front of me, you know, try, obviously I'm trying to win and sh show that, you know, my role can expand, that I can be the player that they want them to be and show that I can add even more value, right? Score goals, when win the certain spot things like that but for now it's in my opinion stay fit stay healthy continue to grow and because of so many competitions i feel that there will be opportunities for rotation and in the minutes i get continue to show the value i can add absolutely and i think that that's the great thing and also the depth at striker it's not huge because, I mean, right now we've got Brian as the main guy and there's rumours someone else might be coming in as well. So, I mean, you've always got that shot. You've always got a competition. And also, in your role, if you're scoring goals, you're going to get minutes because every team wants a, a goal scorer. You've always scored them everywhere you've been. Last thing to ask you, what do you feel you maybe need to work on most now that you've gone up this other level? Yeah, I think that you know, there's always things to be adding to your game. And as you said, everyone needs goals. So I think, you know, continue to watch film, see where, you know, the movements, the just getting better at one touch finishing, getting better in the air, competing, holding balls up. And, you know, really in this system, doing doing what you need to do, being a pressing forward, being somebody that can, you know, hold balls up but also get into the channel and i think you know for me i think that's the biggest part you know continuing to hold balls up and then being a finisher because that's you know, goals goals is what you get paid for goals is why a forward's up there so you know in addition to continuing to do all all the dirty work that vanny wants us to do up top getting in good spots and finishing chances Fantastic. Well, wish you all the very best for the, the season to come. Thank you so much, Simon. Simon Betcher there, good luck to him. Certainly got a chance to get a lot of minutes this year with all the games that's coming up. And as we said, who knows, with Brian White's little niggling injuries here and there, You've just got to take that opportunity when it comes and if you can mm -hmm. get the goals along the way, I mean, all the better. So wish him all the best and find a lot out about him there. But of course, we have got one burning question still to find out. Does Simon Betcher fancy a chocolate digestive? If you're sitting at home, and you want to have a hot beverage, do you go for a tea, a coffee, hot chocolate? I go for a coffee. What, what's your kind of coffee of choice then? Uh, just a plain coffee, a cappuccino, latte? An iced latte. An iced vanilla latte with oat milk to 
be completely, yeah, that's my go-to. Do you have a sweet tooth then? Do you like to have a kind of sweet treat with your your coffee? Uh, No, usually just a coffee, but my girlfriend likes uh, croissants, so usually I have a bite of a croissant too. Yeah, one of the most unhealthy things you could have picked. (laughs) I know, know. that's why I just have a bite. That's fine, that's good, you're allowed that. I don't know what it is, Zach. These <laughs> young footballers that are just so healthy and doesn't even have a full croissant, just a bite of a croissant. <laughs> Where is the hot chocolate guzzling, dairy milk munching footballers of old? Well, you can understand the sweets, right? You can understand to be a healthy footballer. You look, I, look at me. Yeah, no, but I remember. I do. I remember hanging out with like, like, well, different, different, different players. But I remember, especially Gersh. I swear, all he ever ate was like, uh, like boneless, skinless chicken breasts and like salad and like whatever. <laughs> It's so funny, though, because on the East Fife show that I do, we started this segment as well. The answers are so different with players over here on their healthy diets. And then you ask the guys there, and it's like, oh, yeah, wolf down a whole bar of chocolate. And it's like <laughs> five biscuits at a time and stuff. But, yeah, that's why Canada's on the rise and Scotland is not. But anyway, we've got another interview to come in the final part of this show, as well as a little bit more chat. And we'll be back with that after this. Hi, I'm Brian White, and you're listening to the AFTN Soccer Show. Out of bed at 8 a.m. Out my head by half past ten. Out with mates and dates and friends. That's what I do at weekends. I can't talk and I can't walk. But I know where I'm going to go. I'm going to walk. Welcome back to the final part of this episode of the AFTN Soccer Show on CITR Radio 
101.9 FM. And kicking off this part, it's another song from Terry Hall. It's another song from the specials. And it's the B-side to their 1981 single Ghost Town that we kicked off part two with. This is a bit of a lesser known special song, but it's one of my favourites. Friday night, Saturday morning, about a typical mundane night out in Coventry, written by Terry Hall. Most of the special songs were written by Jerry Dammers. This was one that he wrote. I I was trying to I try to like cut these songs down, but I was saying to Caitlin when we started doing this, we were maybe playing twenty seconds, then forty seconds, and I went up to a minute. Now I'm playing like ninety seconds of the songs because I'm just enjoying them so much. No one else is, but I am. I tried to get this verse in, but I couldn't because of what was around it to make it sound good. But I wanted to get this verse in, but but two o'clock has come again. It's time to leave this paradise. I hope the chip shop isn't closed because the pies are really nice. I'll wait it in the taxi queue, standing in someone else's spew. Wish I had lipstick on my shirt instead of piss stains on my shoes. <laughs> Quality verse. Anyway, it got me thinking about all my Friday nights and Saturday mornings because I, I don't know what it was like here, but... Like when I was younger, Friday night was the night that you went out with your your mates, and Saturday night was when you went out with your your partner. So me and my friends went to a lot of concerts on Fridays in Edinburgh and Glasgow. We went to a lot of indie nights and stuff like that as well. And then I was just thinking, oh, how my life has changed because now, because the lyrics of the song is, I go out on Friday night, I come home on Saturday morning, which I still do, as in this weekend. Except it was to Newton Athletic Park to take in a VMSL game. So a slightly different. But it just got me thinking of all the concerts and the clubs and stuff that I went to, all the indie stuff. And as was a film that I watched this week that you might be very interested in. Creation Stories. Okay. Tell me more. Have you seen it? I don't think I have. Yeah, you're always banging on about Creation Stories. That's like, that's what I thought you'd have seen this one. It's the the biopic of Creation Records' Alan McGee. Oh, yeah, no, I haven't, I haven't got on, that It's one. on Telus. It's really good. It's about his early time and being in bands himself, putting on clubs, then finding Oasis, and yeah. It, it's a good film, so recommend that well, if you've got to. What did he find in the Oasis? Um, a lot of money and drugs. <laughs> and fame and fortune. I saw a headline that... Um... One of those brothers said they might be willing to do a reunion one day. Oh, Liam's always willing to do a reunion. It's no, that's not. So maybe it was him. I saw, yeah, I thought yeah I saw Liam is. I, I might have told the story in the show before, but just before Oasis got huge, they'd released their first single, Supersonic, and there was a lot of buzz about it. And they were playing a gig in Edinburgh. Um, my friend Alan's band, Supernova, were the support. And then Creation Records said, no, we need one of our acts in instead of you guys. So they never got to support. And we had free tickets and we were on the guest list. And because they got pulled, we didn't go. And then I could have seen Oasis before they were anything. Mm. And I oh, really regret that. That's what I get for standing up for friends. Just Friends, they're not worth it. That's <laughs> that's my what I've learned from life. Anyway, back to football. No one wants to hear about my midlife crisis. Well... Three-quarter life crisis, I guess, at this stage. But anyway, we heard in the last part from 2022 draft pick Simon Betcher. 
Uh, we heard from one of this year's draft picks, Levante Johnson, two shows ago. Now let's talk about the man that the Whitecaps paid Houston 125000 in 2023 GAM, 100000 in 2024 GAM, to move up from 13th to 5th in this year's Super Draft. And that is 23-year-old midfielder Jean-Claude Gando. As I tweeted out, the headline should be Jean-Claude Tavan, damn. Still think that's the best headline I've ever come up with. Yes, Gando, born in Cameroon, moved to France with his family when he was seven, played in France with Paris FC 2 and Amiens 2, before heading to college with UNC Greensboro, scored nine goals, 22 assists and 37 appearances for the Spartans across two seasons, was the 2021 South Conference Rookie of the Year, the 2022 Player of the Year in the South Conference, and there's high hopes for the attacking midfielder. Vanny said at the time of the draft that he feels he's MLS ready, he can go into the squad right away. We'll chat about him in a sec, but I got a chance to, to sit down with JC this week when he was over in Spain. Let's hear from him just now. First of all, JC, it, it's been about a month since the, the draft. T- talk to me about that day. How special was that day for you, being back in France with your family, knowing that the, the Whitecaps traded up to get you? How how special was that day for you? The, the draft day was really special, especially for me because like I wasn't expecting to be like in this position. Like I wasn't expecting something from soccer anymore. So the fact that I had the chance to like just participate in the draft, I have the chance to be one of the guys we can be picked or not get a pick. It was also an option. It was a special day because it was more like a, like I wasn't expecting to be here. So I just want to enjoy. It was just for like a feeling like enjoying moment. Like I was enjoying the moment. Had anyone from the White Caps spoken to you before the draft to, to let you know that they, they were even interested in you? Yes. During the combine, I have a discussion with Rico and two of the scouts of the White Caps during the combine. And they asked me questions about myself, where I come from, like my life and everything. And the discussion went well, actually. And but I didn't know, like, I know they have the, the 13 picks. And I knew from my performances to the combine, I might get like get picked higher. So I did. I wasn't expecting to like end up here because they had the thirteen picks. Because I thought I would get picked higher than thirteen. But the fact that they tried the pick for me showed me like they are really interesting. So you're in Vancouver now, or you will be in Vancouver. Obviously, you're in Spain just now, but you're, you're coming to Vancouver, you're coming to Canada. Are you excited by, by this new adventure? How how does your family feel about you coming to play in Canada? I, I was already far because I was in the US. So, like, for them, like, me being, like, father is not even, like, a, a change anymore because I was already far being in the US. And in my perspective, I'm really happy about, like, Every, everywhere I go, I feel like it's on me to make this place home. So it's on me to make this place special. So 
it might be hard at the beginning, but it's on me to figure out the thing to make everything be the way I want the thing to be. So I'm ready and I'm happy about. So you've you've been into the training camp that this week or so over there in Spain and Marbella. How do you feel you fitted in so far? How have you found that the pace of everything? compared to, to what you used to at college. Obviously, you're used to the, the pro game as well from your time in France, but how have you settled in so far? I feel good. Like I haven't practiced with the team like that much. I have like a, I had one practice with actually the whole team, but like in my standpoint, I feel good. Like I feel confident about the fact that I'm here for a reason. If the, the pick me is because they feel like I can bring something new and I'm also here for like learn, Everything the coaching staff have to teach me, my teammates have to teach me. I'm like I'm here for like take everything they have from me and also like bring the thing I had before and see how the thing will go. And also from the pace, uh like you say I was like I used to I get used to when I was in France, so I never really like lose it. Like the pace and the way people play, I get used to, so it's not like a new thing for me. I'm good with that. If if we we go way back then, so you were born in Cameroon and then you you moved to to France with, with your family when you were seven. D- do you have a ro- lot of recollections of that time, like how you felt when you first moved from Africa to to Europe? How how was that for you? Was cool. Like my first feeling was ah, oh, French is cool because when I left Cameroon it was in September twenty oh seven. And in France, it's like the cold time. It's starting to get like the cold time. So I wasn't expecting like the place to be that cold because I didn't know it was my first time. Like it was actually my first stop about France. This place is cold. But beside that, I was like, like enjoying because I was and seeing my father. I was and had a chance to see my father since a while. So being able to go to France and be with my father it was a nice thing. Yeah, I've only been to Paris twice, and both times has been at New Year, so it's been very cold. So I, I, I know what you're, what you're meaning. So I mean, have were you always interested in football? Did you play football in Cameroon from an early age? I did, but it was more like a, like, on the street, like no rules, no nothing. It wasn't like a, like a structure. So okay, it was just with friend. You put something on the street, and you play like, a, and when the car come, you move everything. When the car like left, you all you put the the cage back, and it was like it wasn't like a structure. So it was just like a friend thing. So then, when when you came over then to to, to Paris, how how did you then get involved? Did, did did you were you playing locally? Did someone come and see you? Uh like when you're a kid, like you can actually join the team like everywhere because that's a kid thing. So you just ha- you just here for learn. So like. I just joined a team like close to my home and I was just playing for and, and learning the game more than the way the thing I knew before. It was more about that than just, yeah. So not got to, uh, too much longer with you. So I'll just ask you a couple more things. So f- from from being there in France and playing with Paris FC, playing with Amiens, what then made you decide to, to come over to the US and to, to go to college? It's funny because like I came to US because I wanted to quit soccer. Like no it's not like it's not as good as in Europe. Like I it was my thought before I came to US. 
So for me, because I want to see, I wanted to see a new thing. Like I wasn't happy about like playing the game anymore. Like Atov for me was over. Like I wasn't dreaming anymore about being a professional soccer player. So I wanted, but I wanted to do something with my life. I knew like if he was soccer or he wasn't soccer, I would do something with my life. And Atov school would be the good option for me. So I decided to start the, um, the process about going to USA and had the chance to end up to Greensboro. And now I'm here. But I first came to US because soccer wasn't my first interest. Ah, so it was to really to get the education and the yeah. qualification. What, what were you studying at Greensboro? Psychology. Oh, interesting. Yeah. So, I mean, everything's worked out great. Um, I take it you can still continue your studies as well whilst... I actually, actually keep going. I, I do school online. I'm not doing school this semester because of all the things, like the moving thing. And, but, like, from the fall semester... I will continue my school online. So obviously, it's your your first season now coming into Major League Soccer. What what are you hoping for for this season? You've obviously had a little bit of time in the US, so you you've had a chance to see the league. What are you expecting from yourself? What are you expecting from the Whitecaps for for this year? First, about the team, I really expect the team. Like I really expect us as a team to be really good and to have the chance to compete and make the playoff like i came here like obviously soccer is like a really like team sport but like you have an individual player too but like for me my focus is more like a team thing i actually want to just like have the chance to bring the thing i can bring to help the team to achieve the and achieve what they wanted to achieve and the task the coach have us want to achieve so my my expectation this year is more like as a young player, I expect to have like playing time, doing good with my playing time, and keep walking, keep walking on the gym, keep walking on the feet, the training. And every time the coach calls me to step on the feet, every time the coach needs me, help the team. Uh, what kind of player are you? What can the what can the White Cats fans expect to see from you on the pitch? Uh, I'm really technical player. I'm physic. I'm a physical player too. I'm. I can say I'm fast. Like I'm really good with the ball and off the ball. Like I have energy. I'm. I never like. Uh, like the way I describe myself is more like I can do everything the coach wants me to do. Like if the coach wants me to play somewhere, I will be there and play. If the but like I have my own quality, but it doesn't matter if they don't fit what the coach wants. So I'm ready to do what the coach wants me to do, and I will do the thing coach wants the best I can. Well, that's great. Thank you so much for your time today, JC. I'll let you get off to dinner now and hopefully we'll see you in Vancouver soon. Get all these visas sorted out. Get you here in Vancouver. See you in a Whitecaps jersey. Get used to the rain. Thank you. JC Gando there, just chatting about his his journey, his life, his footballing career. And he won't be here in Vancouver for a little bit yet. He did fly in briefly to get his medical done and then was with the team in Spain. But they're still trying to get the visa sorted. And I know that's become a bit of a, a running joke that the Whitecaps can't get visas done. And it's like, yeah, we make jokes about it. But, I mean, it's frustrating for them. 
And it's not that they're not trying. It's like trying to deal with... If anyone's dealt with Canadian immigration recently, which in my work I deal with a lot, they are slow beyond belief just now with huge backlogs. And the complication is coming because Gando is from Cameroon, so it's a different kind of visa process as well. I was going to ask you, what is it the country of Cameroon? Is it the continent of Africa? Is it what is? I, it? I think when it is African countries, it's a slightly different visa thing. It's it, it's not as fast tracked as a guy from Europe or a guy from South America like Laborda. I would have thought or hoped the fact that he'd been in Carolina for two years would have helped, but it's maybe not been enough. Because a lot of these other guys have been here maybe three or four years, and that's what's what's kind of helped them. But yeah, it, it it is as much as it's become almost like a meme for for them. It is it is really really unfortunate. And you, I mean, we we all assume that there's nothing more that they can do, and it's hard not to feel bad for them. Yeah, and like Gando's just keen to get started. And it was interesting that he said there that. When he was in France, he thought, no, I've, I've tried this. I want to get my education. He got a scholarship to, to Greensboro. But he went there with a view of obviously playing football there, but to get his degree, to get his qualification, his psychology degree. And he wasn't thinking of a pro career. And now he's got the chance to do it in the Whitecaps. And he looks an exciting talent. He seems a really nice lad as well. Yeah. Final bit of Whitecaps news. The Leaks Cup draw has been made. Not sure how much of a draw you can call it when it was leaked the day before and nobody actually saw the draw get made. But anyway, officially the draw is here. And the Whitecaps have been drawn in Western Group 3, catchy, along with Old Foes, LA Galaxy. And it's going to be a first meeting with Mexican side Leon, who are the defending League Cup champs. They beat Seattle 3-2 in Vegas in 2021. Let's hear a little bit from Vanny just talking about that draw and the, the tournament ahead. Yeah, I know it's a, a long way away, but the League's Cup draw was made this week and you've got the Galaxy, you've got Leon, a team you're very familiar with, a team that you'd like to be, I'm sure, familiar with playing on a regular basis and competitions what what did you make of that draw it seems a, a group that you could certainly have a very good chance of going through from yeah we're very excited you know leon uh they they're actually the league cups uh uh reigning champions because they won the last one in 2021 against seattle uh the galaxy are one of our rival and to be honest the galaxy are probably the most famous MLS team in the world. So that's, uh, that's, uh, that's, I'm really excited. I know that it's going to be in, in July, August, but uh, it's, it's great to have this kind of uh, competition. And I hope that uh, uh, we'll, uh, we'll make, uh, we'll make a good run in that competition too. We don't want to play two games. We want to play three, four, five, maybe seven games. Fanny Sartini there just chatting about the League's Cup. It's a it's a winnable group, Zach, but also the top two go through to the knockout round. So, I mean, good hopes for the Caps. They just have to, to win one of those games or even a pair of draws might be enough to to get them through. And I know going down to LA can be a, a bit tough at times, but we'll get more into it. But it's, it's not the worst draw in the world for them. I think, yeah, it's not the worst. That's Plus, true. if they get through, they would have a home game, I think, in the knockouts. Yeah. Um, 
Well, what's the this gives you a CONCACAF Champions League berth, right? That's yeah, if you finish top three. Right. So again, going back to the conversation you, Steve, and I had a, a number of weeks ago, um, and obviously this this doesn't start till a little bit down the road. Um, but the, the, in terms of that priority of the competitions for the Whitecaps, I still think you, if you want to qualify for the CONCACAF Champions League again, you want to do it by winning the Voyagers Cup again. Because I think that's... Yeah, well, I said last week, so the draw, or when it was going to start, the date I was told, it's actually starting a week later now. It's the week beginning the, the 18th. And the draw is coming right. up uh, next week, I think, actually, the draw will I be made. Right. Or next weekend. So, I mean, there's a good chance they could have another all-CPL stroke, stroke League 1 BC road to the final. So that could be their best chance again for the, the Champions League. Yeah. But I think so. How depending on how that competition goes might even like if like they want to put in a good performance, I guess, in this. But like if if they, you know, for the first time ever went back to back in the Voyagers Cup, do they like what's the prize purse also for the? Do we know? That, is it a million? I don't know actually. Right. I mean, there's so, a lot about the Leagues Cup that's not been uh, announced yet. Right. So, like, so how much? How much do you? I mean, it might depend on where they're on the table as well, I guess, or whatever. Hey, but... Just go and win everything. That will just solve everything. We, we right. qualify eight times for the Champions League by having a. Great... No, but that's but that's the thing, right? Like, uh, go win everything. Yeah, I guess there's the prestige of actually winning something, but or winning the Leagues Cup, which I. I personally don't really rate but if if their potential qualification for the playoffs is you know hanging in the balance still or mm. you know or they're really behind the eight ball in that like does that shape does that shape what they what, what they do right um yeah. so it, it'll be interesting to see how it all it all shakes out but i think yeah i think it's nice for them uh you know having played you know tigris and stuff to now get someone different from mexico getting leon is will be exciting yeah, I hope to head down to that as well. If I can make things work with League One commentary and stuff as well, should be a lot of fun. But that is it for the football chat. It's not it for the show because we have to finish with this week's wavelength. And I thought I've picked this song. I've had this for a while. I've been going to play it. But since we did our extra podcast talking about all the soccer parent drama <laughs> with the Bear Halters and Reina, I thought this is the apt time to do it. It's from a Detroit rapper called Fat Father. No offence, Zach. Um, <laughs> I was going to do that with Steve as well, but he's not here. Um, so obviously, it's a Detroit rapper, so this is marked uh, explicit lyrics, which is why this podcast is marked explicit as well. So if you don't mm. like hearing that, you can turn off now. So I've saved it to the end. It's from and this song's called Claudio Arena? <laughs> Very close. Um, it's from 2021, an album with the same name. This is Fat Father, Sucker Dad. Yeah. Fat Father. Foul Mouth. Middle Finger Music. Yeah. I'm not your ordinary soccer dad I can take the grass from a proper bag Roll it in a zag, take a proper drag Get that toe a tag if he poppin' trash Don't put the pressure on the gas Just to watch it crash I deliver fast like Jimmy John's Demigod status Y'all little niggas Terry on Never been savage Actin' Ain't never 
been trapping, ain't never seen action, ain't never been chosen to function as team captain, I'm something supreme, packed in this humble extreme package, you mumble, I make ways for your uncle to stream classics, bragging, I do it differently than other guys, entertainer, my retainer just went up a size, file got the danger, every banger feel like supper time, say you want the soup, but you ain't worthy of a cup of mine, bars, I'm asleep when I come up with mine, middle finger, fuck it, rhyme. I'm not the ordinary soccer dad. soccer dad. You heckle mine, I'll soccer dad. Soccer Don't come dad. Me with bullshit, it's not a lot to ask. No. Just know that town and country got a spot for mad. Yes. Soccer dad. Soccer dad. Soccer dad. Soccer dad. I want it with a real life soccer dad. Soccer dad. All big and bad. Big and I'll bad. drop a dad. Drop Cause a he dad. fucking with a certified soccer dad. To the umpires and referees If that call's incorrect, you gotta capture these Rap won't be a factor when your pastor at your house in jeans Cause he got the news while he was bowling and just had to leave Pass the weed, it's during school hours Class to be out in two hours, time managing Fuck what you brandishing If you ain't a shooter, you a pussy, not a tutor Shout out to my nigga Super, we fluent with speaking Ruger Ex-fam shit, we don't give a damn about who you ran with Sitting up top just how we planned it Go ahead and pick that lock and see the hearse in the lot become transit Soccer dads hop out of vans and run rapid We are not the ones to be playing with Heard you be saying shit, well I dare you to say it now So I can lean back and punch you in your motherfucking mouth I'm not the ordinary soccer dad, soccer dad. You heckle mine, I'll soccer dad soccer Don't come dad. Shit is not a lot to ask. No. Just know that town and country got a spot for mad. Yes. Soccer day. Soccer day. Soccer day. Soccer day. Want it with a real life soccer day. Soccer day. All big and bad. Big and I'll bad. drop a day. Drop Cause a he day. fucking with a certified soccer dude. Fat father there. Soccer dad. Really like that. Great little rap song. Got a couple of other songs about soccer mums and soccer dads. I might play that over the next couple of weeks or I might save it to the Berhalt Arena drama plays out a little bit more. But that is it for this week's show. Just before we go though, Zach, let folk know where they can find you online. Any final thoughts? Anything that you've learned this week? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at ZacharyAM. And yeah, I, just, well, I guess I want to just want to give a shout out to a former Whitecaps captain, Adrian Khan. Oh, yes. It was, uh, it was very uh, good to sit down and break bread and catch up. Because uh, I haven't seen him in so long, he was out uh, visiting the province uh, recently, last last week or so, and uh, yeah, it was just nice to yeah catch up and uh, reminisce and uh, hear about what's going on in his life more recently and all that kind of stuff. And um, yeah, it, it was uh, it was good. Reminds me, I have a question for you when we're done. When we're done. I have a question oh, for you. Don't okay. let me forget. I was just gonna go. Can he kick it? Yes, he can. <laughs> I've actually got a question for you, which we'll have in, in the show as my final thought. So you oh, mentioned yeah. before we were recording today, you were just coming back from a Lego sort. Now, in my head, you're all sitting there with all these different coloured bricks and shapes, putting them into different buckets. Is that what it is? Uh, no, not, not ex- sort of. Yes and no. Because that just sounded hell. <laughs> no, yeah. Yeah, it's it, well. I mean, I get to do do with my son and watch. The oh, but that's it. that's fine then. So yeah, no, yeah, it is a. It was a. Yeah, it was sorting a whole bunch of pieces out to diff, you know putting them into piles for different people 
We need to get together and build a BC place out of Lego or Vancouver FC Stadium out of that's, Lego. That's what I'm waiting to which, do. Which I believe is yeah. also possibly what they are building it out of. But. <laughs> I am Michael McCall. We'll be back soon. You can follow our stuff AFT in Canada, AFTN.ca. We are want to wrap up the written coverage as well. If you fancy writing about anything about BC soccer, if you want to cover Vancouver FC if you want to do some regular white cap stuff, if you maybe have some interest in the podcast as well, get in touch with me, aftncanada.hotmail.com, aftncanada on Twitter. Check out our YouTube channel, aftncanada on YouTube. And yeah, we've got our VMSL videos up. There's one going to be going up from this weekend, BB5 United chasing down Kikotla Ford in a very entertaining game with West Fan FC. Missed the third goal because I was talking to the dad of the guy that scored the third goal. How ironic is that? So you made the dad miss it? I think possibly. None of us knew it was his son that had scored it. Because <laughs> we were both like, oh, who got that? <laughs> and it was Connor McMillan. TSS Rover legend. But we will be back soon with another show. Until then, thanks for listening. Take care and mon the caps. Going to your first match is an experience you never forget. The atmosphere of what's going on around the pitch looks beautiful and you always look and go, wow, I'd love to play here one day. If you get the bug, it's going to stay with you for life.